not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Teresa, what was your best and worst thing that happened this week? I'll start with my worst thing. Okay. I thought it was going to be that our air went out. Yeah. So, and fortunately now it's not too warm. But then today when I locked myself out off my back and I can't get in. And my voice are mocking me. So that has really not been a fun part. Yeah. The best part, I have six months of freedom because I had my oncology appointment last week. So congratulations. I don't have to go back in until the beginning of January. So awesome. Pretty good. I'm excited. I know it's been going on for months, but I'm still in a state of shock with the whole Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah breaks my heart. It's been very encouraging to see some of the stories of kindness that have shined during this very dark time in Ukraine. I've talked about kids who still got to do their prom dance, even though their school was bombed. Oh, yeah. That 12-year-old boy in the UK who raised, at the time, probably more at this point, $325,000 for Ukraine kids after he made that wooden bowl when they raffled it away. The ballroom dance instructor who risked his life to transport people to safer areas. Oh, that's right, yeah. So lots of amazing people. We even talked about a veterinarian who's rescued a number of animals. Remember, he kept the one goat for himself. Oh, that's right, right, in the van. One one young lady gave her life trying to feed some rescue dogs. Just so many heroes in this. And not to forget the World Central Kitchen that you've been talking about feeding hungry refugees. Misha is a young man with Down syndrome in Ukraine. He's nonverbal, but has one hero in his life, John Cena. So apparently John Cena has granted the most make-a-wish wishes. So yeah, he's just all sorts of amazing. But Misha was confused when they had to leave their home in Maripol. And his mom told him a little white lie to smooth over the transition. She told him they were headed to see John Cena. Oh, Cena, who was already in Europe, got wind of the story. And he had a few days off. The family was only an hour flight away, so he said there really was no question in his mind whether or not he would make the trip. That's so cool. Very cool. He spent the afternoon with the family, bringing Misha some of his merchandise, this big, huge WWF belt. And I love that Misha flexed his arm so John Cena could feel his biceps. Cute. Another celebrity helping with the fight is Hayden Pentier. She created a charity to raise money to go directly to helping in the front lines. The organization provides all sorts of life-saving supplies to those fighting, from medical kits to body armor. Hoplin International was inspired by shields the ancient Greeks used, Okay, I guess. That's cool. She's joining forces with her ex-husband, whose brother is in Kiev. He's the mayor, actually. Okay. Vitaly Klitschko. And he's busy fighting where they're outnumbered, outgunned, and struggling. Every penny that the nonprofit earns goes straight to the front lines. I just love the saying, they can only see stars when it's dark out. Aww. All of this darkness has my heart breaking. 
But these stories remind me to keep looking for the people that are out there shining. I have to keep looking up John Cena, and eventually I'll probably do a whole long on him because he's just helped so many people, and even the wrestling isn't my thing. Right, yeah. He seems like a really good guy. I can't believe we're on episode 91. Wow. And I'm going to be talking about a young man named David Egan. And I know I'm saying young. He's in his 40s, okay. so, but yeah. he is younger than us. Yeah, He's working to remind everyone that people with intellectual disabilities, he happens to have Down syndrome. He wants everyone to know that we're more alike than different. Right. He can do everything that we can do. It just takes him a little longer. So I oh, definitely awesome. love his platform. I watched over the weekend Crip Camp on okay. Netflix. I don't know if you've heard about that. I'm not. It was recommended to me, and it's a camp, a camp that uh, started in the 50s for kids with disabilities, and they said it was run by a bunch of hippies, but yeah. basically these kids went to this camp every summer, and they just had a blast being, you know, feeling like they were seen and normal kids, right. so it kind of snowballed into them advocating for themselves, people with um, intellectual, physical disabilities to get some rights. Oh, that's so, so awesome. So yeah. um, it kind of started with pushing for civil rights for um, having sidewalks, right. ramps, and all of that. But Bathroom anyway, access. good, good yeah. documentary. Definitely worth a watch. It is rated PG because it has a few things in it, but I think um, all adults should check it out. But I was reading another thing about a young actress in my People magazine <laughs> named Lily D. Moore. She was promoting her new Hallmark movie called Color My World with Love. Okay. Have you heard of that? I have no. not. No. I just can't wait to see it. Yeah. She took her first drama class when she was just six years old. Oh. I love that her parents would put her in a drama class. Yeah. And she fell in love. Fast forward today. She's been in more than 20 shows and movies. She'll be attending Clemson University this fall, and she plans to study healthcare because she wants to help people and save lives. That's awesome. So awesome. I'll also mention that she was born with an intellectual disability. She's an advocate for people with disabilities. She gives the credit to her super supportive family, including her parents and two older sisters. But the part that stuck out most for me was how she said in that article that people with Down syndrome have hopes and dreams Just like typical people, we want friends to go to college, get a job, fall in love, live independently, and also get married. We don't need anyone to feel sorry for us. Right. David Egan has that exact sentiment in his book, More Alike Than Different. Not to be dramatic, but this book totally changed my thinking. I've spent the majority of my life feeling pity for anyone I've seen with really any type of disability, not just Down syndrome. David Eakin really opened my mind. So when I came across that comment from Lily DeMore, it just was one more indication that my thinking had been so narrow-minded. I can see why David is a speaker and advocate. He works to break down the myths surrounding Down syndrome one by one. David reminds us that expectations can limit or empower us depending on how we look at them. And who can't use that? Right. I mean, just that thinking. Instead of talking down on people or ourselves and feeling sorry for someone, we need to focus on embracing abilities and what each of us are capable of doing. All of us have equal rights, just different aspirations. I learned so much from this guy, and it's a powerful reminder to not assume that others are unhappy 
because of situations they've been handed. I can relate with David being a fan of The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, that's a good show. But instead of Star Wars, he's a Trekkie. Like, a real Trekkie. He quotes episodes and all of it. I know enough about Star Trek to understand that Spock, you know, he makes references and he made some very valid points using the pop cult classic. Spock is his favorite character because he's Vulcan, while most of the crew is made up of humans. Spock acts in ways humans can't understand. He's strong and understands what he needs to do to get things done. He's clear and concise with his missions. And David pointed out that Spock uses his ability or his strengths, his logic, to protect his crewmates. His crewmates understand that he lacks emotion, but know that they can depend on him. So they all work together and they all, you know, make the enterprise a success. For David, his hero, Spock, might say something like, the solution, as I see it, is to do that thing and grow (laughs) the understanding of what people with Down syndrome can do. As science officer Spock would say, it's logical that if one person with Down syndrome can do something that people thought was impossible, it wasn't Down syndrome that placed the limit. I'm probably reading with too much intonation, but that was kind of what David thought that Spock would say, and I couldn't agree more. It's us who have put the limitations on people with intellectual disabilities, more so than the disability itself. David said this book was inspired by Star Trek and the live long and prosper model to go boldly where no one has gone before. And once again, I think everyone can learn from that. He was born in Madison, Wisconsin in 1977. Both of his parents were working on their PhDs at Wisconsin University. His father was studying nuclear engineering and his mom was studying educational psychology. Apparently, David was a bit of a surprise for them, and they certainly were not prepared. I mean, we're never truly prepared not to be. Not parents. Yeah, <laughs> not prepared. Of, but even more so when you have the added challenge, yeah. you know, with health challenges. And keep in mind the time period. Right. That's, that's another thing that that crip camp went into with just the institutions. Most children born with Down syndrome were taken to institutions at this time, to, you yeah. know, removed from society. I talked in episode uh, 23 about Eunice Shriver's endless campaign to include those with intellectual disabilities. Her sister, Rosemary, had an intellectual disability, and after a lobotomy that her dad wanted her to get, it made it worse. She was raised in an institution. For Eunice, she knew that Rosemary could sail, partake in their physical activities out in the yard, yet the family sent her away barely visited her, and rarely had her come home. I think it was an embarrassment. Yeah. The letters she wrote to the family not only indicated how very aware she was of the situation, but how much she missed her family, how much she missed the holidays and the traditions. She really wanted to go home for Easter in one of the letters. The experience left a mark on Eunice, and in turn, she definitely left a mark on this world. I'd argue that most would say that She was the Kennedy who left the largest impact. David loved Eunice and considered her a close friend, even going to her house for dinners, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a star. All that to point out, he was born not that long ago, really, and we're still we were still in this country institutionalizing the intellectually disabled. There was nothing abnormal about the pregnancy, and when the excited parents finally got to meet their firstborn son, they quickly noticed the nurses turning white and whispering amongst each other. When they were told it appeared that their son had Down syndrome, Kathleen, the mom, looked at her newborn and said her baby was beautiful. And I love that. Yeah. 
Hospital personnel, though, suggested that they send David away to a facility with others like him. Thank goodness his determined parents rejected that whole notion. One bonus with growing up in a college town is that you're surrounded by knowledge. Science professors. Yes, exactly. Educators, fellow students, and friends who were all part of David's upbringing. And he was raised to believe that he could do anything other kids could do. It just would take a little longer. Right. That's so awesome. I know. I love this family. I admire that his parents saw his gift to the world from day one. They were his first advocates. And I really think that's what instilled the confidence in David to help him become the role model that he is today. Love his attitude. The challenges are opportunities in disguise. But you have to meet those challenges and try and maybe fail before you can really see the challenges in context. And he's had his share of challenges. At the time, our school system wasn't organized in a way to integrate students with special needs. We were still using the R word, not only in slang, but in professional settings as a description. Right. I I just can't believe that. I know. It's like the word crippled. I have a hard time with that instead of disabled. Well, yeah. Yeah. The separation was brutally painful when David wanted to play with the Vienna Little League. One of the boys on the team told David that he couldn't play with them. We can't win with you on the team. You don't belong. As a mom, it would be so hard to not step in and give a lesson on kindness to that kid. But fortunately, she didn't have to. Instead, one of the, I mean, the best player on the team stepped in and said, he plays. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure it meant a lot more for a peer to give that bully a lesson in kindness than if his mother had intervened. Right. For sure. So even his attitude in that impressed me. He pointed out that when that boy blurted that out, that he didn't belong, it taught him that life is about learning about the world and how things fit together. Yeah. I just love that he's always, he's, you know, always analyzing things. Right, and, thinking about it. And yeah. figuring things out. I still love the story because I was impressed that his peers defended him. I love that he got to play and show that guy that he most certainly belonged. They were able to learn and grow from it. I especially love that they came in second place that year. Wow. Although David would say that they were all champions to him for doing the right thing, which I love. Yeah, I for just sure. Love his, his heart. His first summer after high school, he was offered an internship at Booz Allen Hamilton and consulting firm where he would intern for half of the day and continue vocational training at Davis Career Center. This story struck with me too, because it would have been easy for the company to let David just, you know, do his two years internship and move along. Right. But instead they paid attention. They watched and they noticed his talents. So they took the time to really get to know him. Just impresses me that a big company would take the time to do this. I'm sure it would be a lot easier to just push people through. But they actually saw David for what he was, an asset to their company. Someone at Booz Allen Hamilton suggested he apply for a clerk job when his internship ended. He did just that, and he was hired for his skills, not just because he had a disability. David not only worked hard in school, he also excelled in sports. He loved being the big brother and showing his younger siblings how to play ball. He had a lot of things to teach them when he was little. I guess everyone who's seen David's room leaves in awe of all the trophies and medals he's acquired throughout the years. So he's very accomplished. Right. For sure. Once again, those medals are possible because of Eunice Shriver's vision. Plus, David had put a whole lot of practice into swimming, basketball. He's extremely driven and focused. 
He said the only thing he can't do, he can't get a driver's license because he has poor peripheral vision. He can pass the written portion. In fact, he took driver's ed, but because of his eyesight, that's what prevents him from getting behind the wheel. David was born driven. His mother walked in one morning to find her sixth grader watching (laughs) C-SPAN. I don't watch C-SPAN. Yeah. Her sixth grader watching C-SPAN when she said that he could change the channel. Right. He told her that's what he wanted to watch. He also told her that he wanted to go to Capitol Hill one day. Oh. I guess he decided that goal was too small, that he needed to set his sights higher. David's traveled all over the world as an advocate at times working with Toastmasters, which I think is cool. Yeah, very cool. To improve his public speaking skills. I I could use some of that. David was, <laughs> we probably all could. David was preparing to address Special Olympic supporters in Virginia. His mentor at Toastmasters sent something was off with one of their fellow Toastmasters. Apparently, the woman was pregnant and just recently found out that the baby most likely had Down syndrome. David eased her fears mm-hmm. and anxiety as she shared in the book that getting to know David took the unknown out of the equation and made this mom to be know that it was going to be all right. Yeah. What are the odds of that happening? I like, know, he's in this Toastmasters so group. This woman needs, yeah, it's just amazing. Meant to be. Yeah. David pointed out that you never know when you're helping open a door for others, which I love that yeah. too, which is why yeah. you just need to be kind, be nice. Plus, it's often when we're backed into a corner or have a door closed in front of us that we discover something, you know, beautiful, right. something new. We only found it because we had been pushed into a different direction and forced to find another path. It actually was a closed door that opened up David's public speaking opportunities. He was very discouraged when he didn't get into the 1999 Special Olympic World Games lottery. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Wow. He was disappointed. So he decided the only way he could still be a part of it was if he volunteered. While volunteering, they thought he was a participant. And he gave an accidental (laughs) interview at those games, and that's when he was discovered. And eventually, they approached David to advocate for those with intellectual disabilities. Side note, the theme for the games that year, it's all about the attitude. Wow, and he certainly has. Yes, I love it. He did get to testify on Capitol Hill in 2011 and could feel the room buzz with positive vibes, he said, as he spoke. And as various senators questioned him. He spoke about his job, how he started, how someone like him could succeed on the job. He also spoke of Eunice Shriver and the Special Olympics, laying the groundwork for him to go from an athlete on the playing field to employment to advocacy. Wow. He also pointed out that the first speaker of the morning he te- that testified at Capitol Hill was Joan Evans, and he liked her FDR quote. Oh. No country, however rich, can afford the waste of its human resources. Demoralization caused by vast unemployment is our greatest extravagance. Morally, it is the greatest menace to our social order. So he strongly agreed with the sentiment and was doing what he could to help more people with intellectual disabilities gain employment, pointing out that wherever they work, they add value. I love that thought for all of us, that we all, you know, need to aim to be the person who adds value everywhere we go. Not just at work, but everywhere we go. One holiday season, when David was still working at Booz Allen Hamilton, he got a call from his supervisor, Felicia. She told Kathleen, his mom, to tell David to not come to work the next day. It was a puzzling suggestion, but 
They agreed. Apparently, with all the holiday buzz, some things had gone missing or were misplaced. Cell phones, tablets, laptops were stolen or just disappeared, and the temporary help blamed David for it. Oh, my gosh. David felt some of the CSL employees were jealous of him. He couldn't, you know, they couldn't believe that he would have a permanent job there because he was a good worker instead Mm. of getting special treatment. The whole situation angers me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I'm so happy that Felicia had his back. When David wasn't at work the following day and things still went missing, it was obvious that he was innocent. Sure, yeah. Another story that struck with me was a trip that they made to the old city of Jerusalem. He went with his mother to visit his Tita. That's what he calls his grandma. He was wearing a hat and some glasses at the table, and his Tita said he could wear those all the time. His mother thought it was odd that he wouldn't take those off. So she questioned David about it, and he said that he thought Tita wanted him to wear those course the mom was furious assuming as i did when oh, i read that yeah like that she was embarrassed with his down syndrome and she was trying to hide him from her neighbors and friends thank goodness she spoke to the mother so they could clear the air his right. grandmother was trying to protect david she knew that he could do everything all the neighborhood kids could do yeah. she just didn't want them to make any assumptions right. with his abilities just because of his down syndrome yeah so the women still disagreed with david's you know, whether or not they should um, have it. But his mom still made him remove the hat and glasses. I love the heart this guy has. He's confident and not afraid to stand up for change. He was talking with his future brother-in-law, Matt, one day when he came to the house to meet the family. During their time together, Matt referred to something as being the R word. Matt wrote in this book that David's eyes widened and his (sighs) jaw dropped. He walked Matt over to his computer and Googled Special Olympics PSA for the R Word World Campaign. Matt watched this 29-second video that forever changed his vocabulary. Matt also shared the story of the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, my gosh. I did not know know. this. They used it in a song. And I have to say I was super disappointed reading this because I love Will I Am. Yeah. I pretty much love anyone who's visited Sesame Street. That's just a given. (laughs) Apparently, the song I've played in class for years, Let's Get This Party Started, was previously released as Let's Get This Party R-Word. Oh, my gosh. I'm so disappointed that they released it in the first place, but was happy to hear they rewrote that section and would go on to win a Grammy Award in 2005 for the best rap performance by a duo or group. Wow. I kind of feel like they were rewarded for writing their wrong. Yeah. I also love that David and his brother-in-law would dance to that new version <laughs> four years later. That's awesome. When Matt married his sister, Teresa. Aww. So a happy ending, and I'm relieved sure. I can still keep playing that song because I love it. They have a new collaboration that's amazing, by the way. I haven't heard it. Don't You Worry. Okay. Yeah, you got to go listen to that. There's a reason David was in the 2016 documentary called What's Up With Down Syndrome, where a film crew came all the way from New Zealand to spend four days with David. You can watch the movie at attitudepictures.com and on his website, davideganadvocacy.com. David was also in the 2018 book Firestarter. Mm. It's clear why David received an invitation to be a Sergeant Shriver International Global Messenger, the highest honor with the Special Olympics. I just so briefly touched on Sergeant Shriver when we talked about Eunice. He probably needs to talk, you know, a long yeah. discussion all on his own just because he's the co-creator of the Peace Corps. 
And David met him when he was 10, and he said he's never forgotten it. David was invited to speak in the Caribbean at Trinidad and Tobago to discuss employment for those with intellectual disabilities, encouraging the government and community businesses to integrate these often overlooked applicants. He's been to a number of Special Olympic ceremonies with Stevie Wonder, Bart Connor. Do you remember him? I Such don't. a crush on him. Gymnast. Uh, oh, okay. Longer, yeah. okay. Yeah. Donna de Verona, a swimmer, Jamal Charles, an NFL player, and Michelle Obama. Oh, wow. He's met George W. Bush. I mean, he's met all sorts of presidents, but he talked about George W. Bush. Um, and he even gave him a business card, <laughs> making the Secret Service a little nervous. And apparently he has not heard from W yet. But David has been part of a research panel to address his experience growing up, going to school, making friends, finding a job, finding a place in the community. Yeah. He's been a community relations specialist in its government. Well, that sounds super fitting. I, seriously. He's definitely paved a path for himself. Yeah. And, so now he's working in the Governmental Affairs Department for Source America. Oh, okay. He was there for the first job there at the 2018 Special Olympic Games, which I think is so awesome wow. what they're doing. I just was so inspired by this guy, but also completely exhausted <laughs> just reading the book. I don't know how he does it. Actually, I guess I do because he's decided to dedicate himself to working hard. Yeah both in academics and athletics, but he's created a community and has an amazingly supportive family. His life would have been vastly different if he hadn't been raised by people who believed in him and saw him for David from the time he was born. One day when he was 10, he was at the hospital to have his tonsils removed, always curious about science and research, and with just a little understanding about DNA and chromosomes, he had a question for the doctors before they wheeled him back. Are you going to remove this Down syndrome thing, too? He'd worked up the courage to ask. Probably a little bit of the anesthesia, too. But his mother, you know, they were silent. And finally, his mother broke the silence and said, Down syndrome will stay with you all your life, but it will not stop you from having dreams and being successful. I love this mom. so awesome. It was that attitude and that reminder that he had Down syndrome, but he wasn't Down syndrome, that has contributed to his success. David said she was right. Down syndrome doesn't define him, and he's viewed it differently after that day. I mean, he was only 10. Yeah. I I think that's true, though, in how you you look at anything. Absolutely. Mental health or whatever. It's it's part of you, but it doesn't define you. Exactly. Speaking of the love of a mother, David participates in unified sports. There are, you know, these sports clubs that have an equal number of Special Olympic athletes and their partners, which is, I yeah. think is so cool. One hot day, the teams that he um, was, he, that he's on, they were unbalanced. His dad hopped in to coach so his brother-in-law, Mark, could join the team and play with them. There's still one player off, so they convinced David's 73-year-old mother to go up to bat and join the team. In a hot day. Yeah. That's love. Yeah, for sure. David even has an Oregon tie. Oh. Early in his advocacy days, he was putting together a project with some friends to show people just what individuals with Down syndrome could do. His friend Karen talked about inclusive education. And because of it, she was able to earn an associate's of science degree at community college in Oregon. I guess she also swam across the English Channel and the width of Lake Tahoe, which I looked up. It's 11.81 miles. That's really impressive. Very impressive. Sujit Dezay plays violin and instruments beautifully. 
Ben Hennifer is an excellent golfer. And that's really what David's doing. He's bringing people together to share their strengths and to build on those. And bringing people together means more inclusion. Right. For sure. Every human is complex. And we can all learn from one another. I really hope that David succeeds shifting our societal preconceptions. I know he did for me. There are all sorts of people with Down syndrome out there doing amazing things because they were given the chance to be amazing. Right. I no longer will automatically pity someone because they have Down syndrome. That's not what they want. And David definitely taught me that they're, that we are so much more alike than different. Work provides more than a paycheck. It brings dignity and community. When businesses open job opportunities to men and women with disabilities, everyone benefits, the company and society at large. Dr. Ralph Schrader, former CEO at Booz Allen Hamilton. I heard two local stories about the, making the outdoors more accessible to people in wheelchairs. You are so good at finding local stories. Well, I guess I'm the, I like, I don't know, just find them. But in one, Lincoln City, Oregon, purchased three beach wheelchairs along with three Moby mats. Moby mats provide, they're 450 feet long by six and a half feet wide. They're bright blue pathway made of 100% recycled polyester, Ooh, which is super cool yeah. too. So it gets a person over that mm-hmm. soft sand. So, so it, it's like a runway. It's a runway, yeah. right. Okay. Uh, and they are installed in three major um, thoroughfares, Southwest 51st in the historic district of Taft and then D River Wayside in the Dell, the Lake District, and then Southwest um, 33rd Street in Nelscott District, which I think is really cool. And they'll be laid out every year from Memorial Day through Labor Day. Which is awesome because they have all sorts of events from, you know, kite flying and so Things that people, sh- everyone should be, should have access yeah, for. Exactly. The beach wheelchairs are available to rent. Um, and this access, um, this allows access to the beach that otherwise would be, you know, yeah. not easily a no- negotiable in a standard wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I love this. But then another local story is a nonprofit, David's Chair, recently partnered with uh, Oregon Parks Forever own organization and their mission is to raise funds to enhance and preserve special places and experiences in Oregon's parks now and for the future generations to come and to encourage and promote an outdoor lifestyle which I love that but David's chair brought one of these chairs to um, American Legion Post 158 here in Tigard Mm. the chairs are similar to an electric wheelchair they've got wider um, you know wider wheels but they last up to eight hours and you can operate them on most terrain so Steve first, um, the founder of David's Chair, five years ago, his friend David started to have mobility issues from ALS, which mm-hmm. is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, a neurodegenerative disease that results in the progressive loss of motor neurons um, that control voluntary muscles. They raised enough money to get David one of these chairs. And that gave him the idea, Steve, of, of this mission to give others with mobility issues access to the outdoors. See, I um, love that because once again, it's taking something negative and really making it something positive, not only for his friend, but for others. For other people, exactly. And so over the next couple of years, this nonprofit is working to find um, other, they're working with American Legion Post, um, the VVH halls and uh, tourism related entities along the Oregon coast um, where chairs can be stored and made available for people with mobility issues. And I was just at 
Cannon Beach a couple weekends ago, and I saw these beach wheelchairs. Wow. Rent, Yay. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. I was, so that really caught my eye. Yeah. Um, anyway, so very cool. Um, Making progress. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You only need a heart of grace, a soul generated by love. Martin Luther King Jr. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.